Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Spark of Genius Flesh and Blood production. We have a little bit of an ad hoc video going here because today is a very special day because Fab 2.0 is finally being launched. Uh, the This video should go up like night of. Essentially, we're recording this at about 30, 30 minutes after the release of the article. Yeah, we just wanted to digest roughly. it, gather our It thoughts. was a little bit late, but very that's close to the half website. an hour. <laughs> that, that's because the website kept crashing. That's not really... Everyone's just there refreshing the web page until it yeah. came up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that, I want to say, you know, if you uh, like our content, feel free to comment, uh, like, and subscribe to click the bell for our notifications on our content. Uh, follow mm. our Twitter for any announcements on the um, on the on the week's schedule. And with that, we're on to Fab 2.0. So there's a lot to digest here, and we're yeah. just gonna go through it chronologically. Say essentially, long, so let's, let's long article. <laughs> it's a beast of an article here. So essentially, Fab 2.0, as it's been explained, I think James White has been hinting on it in a bunch of different kind of interview uh, interviews, like between different creators and different kind of. Uh, pieces of media he's, yeah. he's hinted that there's going to be some big changes here so this this looks like it's culmination of all the changes we're going to give our give the give the viewers the thoughts here so yeah well we'll summarize what, the changes as well as give our own thoughts mm -hmm. on each topic yeah, yeah totally so what is fab 2.0 so essentially it's just the culmination of everything he's, he's been wanting to change yeah. essentially and he's, he's being, also targeting right? more i guess more of the product side and like maybe not so much the gameplay itself as he as he talked mm -hmm. about but it's going to target uh like the uh, the elo it's going to target uh, uh, product for sure, and a few mm -hmm. other minor things, but definitely not like gameplay. That's not the the yeah. focus of Fab Two Point Which which is fair. So let's let's just start off with like the the retired like probably yeah, the biggest part one the biggest yeah the the biggest issue that's been kind of culminating when Unlimited first came out is I think the intention was there with Arcane and Welcome to Wraith because those mm -hmm. those sets were so short printed. Yeah. Right, because they were the first ones. They weren't really in the United States or stateside or in Europe. They were they were really like more of a New Zealand and like the surrounding kind of areas ish product. So printing that unlimited kind of made a lot of sense. But as you mm -hmm. kind of went into Tales and Everfest being the last set of unlimited that's going to be out, so uh, the the new set after Everfest is not going to have an unlimited. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the issue with the dividing first set and unlimited is that distribution got so choked on the fact that they had all this random product that nobody wanted to buy and they stuck it to all the stores and depending on the distributor you had it was a complete crapshoot on how mm -hmm. you get allocated for first ed they tie it to unlimited yeah uh, unlimited is like and if they release it like three four five months after first ed then mm -hmm. like you're missing event you're missing card stock for events for the competitive players you're missing card stock for booster drafts you're just you're not really helping your player population actually getting cards to play the game so yeah what what, what he's what he's trying to do what james is trying to do say here is that and he says it like five five thousand different times he's, he's just yeah. playing in the quotations he says it in italics he says it in bold <laughs> and italics he is very akin to the idea that this is a game for players first, which you know, you know, me and Rob definitely definitely agree with that one. Even though we have yeah. a bit of a piece in the collector's market, also, but that wasn't the main idea when we started collecting uh, the game in general, is because we enjoyed enjoyed the game itself, played a lot of the game, we yeah. still do play a lot of the game, obviously. So it, it kind of makes sense on what he, he's trying to do here. So, so what is he saying here? He's saying, you know, in his childhood, blah 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 blah, his childhood. I must have had a great childhood playing all these uh, yeah. Magic the Gathering games and such, but I think he's saying, like, in the beginning, First Dead made sense. Now it yep. doesn't. And I think that echoes with most of the most of the population. I, th I think it agree. We've all we've all kind of agreed that I, I don't know how you feel about first ed, but I think I kind of it's, mm -hmm. it's had its time in the sun as far as like the correct product to launch yeah. as far as the first couple sets yeah. and that they're kind of doing away with it. Uh, starting next set, there's not going to be a first set. There's just going to be one. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree totally with with the sentiment. I I think that yeah, um, with the amount of first set that we are now getting for more modern sets, uh, I guess mm -hmm. post Crucible, there's a lot of it out there. We did see the Monarch print run recently. Uh, there were yeah. about four times uh, as much as Crucible of War. I think because yeah, the player base is still so like nascent, it's not a. I mean, it, it's growing, but it's not a huge, huge player base. The amount of first ed uh, actually might meet demand uh, in, in Everfest and Tales of Aria and Monarch. There might be enough for everybody to open and to get their play sets. So the unlimited product just sits on shelves. But as you mentioned, pre Monarch for Welcome yep. to Wraith Alpha. Arcane first edition, Crucible first edition, there was not much out there. And Crucible first edition, even though it came out in Canada, 
it came out with the worldwide release uh it was quickly mm-hmm. eaten up <laughs> and yep. also hoarded up by people because they looked yep. at the first two sets as examples of like hey this Tendi, stuff can be worth Tendi a lot Central. of money so Give a lot of it was candies. hoarded and um monarch was a bit on that boat but now with the retracement a little bit it's, it's kind of going out there a little more so i i do think that having one set that can maintain the appeal throughout its life cycle can still be appealing mm-hmm. to buy by both collectors and players um makes a lot of sense and i know that i will keep buying product you know as long as it's out there and as long as i want more i being someone who, who opened cards as they came out in first ed i never really yep. went to unlimited stuff i um, unless i was drafting. I also I, unless the price was so absurd yes. that I just couldn't afford it, I just I just bought some first ed, got it out of the yep. way. You can draft with unlimited when it comes out. That's whatever. But I kind exactly. of I resonate what he says in the second paragraph there that mm-hmm. you know you uh, you could re- uh, sorry in the in the why not release first ed. Oh, I'm sorry. The <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. It's you know uh, uh, like Magic the Gathering. Other games do do that, right? Like the collectors versus the draft sets and, and booster sets and all that kind of thing. The different games have done that in the past as well, but mm-hmm. I definitely resonate the, the feeling when you crack that cold foil legendary or fable, the the joy. Mm-hmm. I, 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 rem- I still remember when I cracked my uh, cold foil uh, skull cap out of an uh, arc first yeah. box. It's like jumping up and down. I was a giddy little girl or giddy little boy. <laughs> I can say. Giddy little human being. And yeah. I was, you know, I was in, I'm in my late 20s so, here. So it's not. And, uh, and the way they're going to marry this, these two concepts of first edition unlimited, they're going to include cold foils as well as rainbow foils of most of the cards. Yeah. I believe including legendaries and maybe even fa- yep. fables. I'm not sure. Uh, I think here it says includes both cold foils and rainbow foil equipment. Fable. I like how I like how you're just darts. like casually you're just casually skipping over the most important sentence. <laughs> Starting with uprising, which is going to be the brand new booster set, which is probably going to be used for uh, yeah. road to nationals. It's going to be used for national season, I imagine. It's it's going to be the next set. I think they said they release three sets per year. So that's going to be the set up until Q4, probably. Like that's going to be the set. I don't know if it's going to be yeah. the world set. I don't think it's going to be the world set. If they do indeed do worlds in November, December, mm-hmm. I, do, I think there might be a set before worlds, but this is going to be the set that uh, has like essentially the second, yeah. second major I mean, June, kind of July, block August, September. So I guess we should expect a product maybe around the October timeline there. Mm-hmm. If it's yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know nearly enough about the lore to try to guess who's uprising against who and what, like no. where. <laughs> and it, it might just, it might just be because remember in uh, like, when they released Monarch, the set name and the name name was both Monarch. But then Tales of Aria, I forgot what name yes. they had there yes, on the thing. Right. It wasn't the same one. It was some LA. random name. Was it like? Yeah. Oh, um, yes. I don't know what they called it on the front page. It was it some was random name. Kingdoms, and then everyone's right? like, oh, it was Kingdoms. It was they kingdoms. named it Kingdoms. Yeah. And then it comes out Tales of Aria and everyone's mm-hmm. super confused. So I don't know if the set will be named Uprising, but yeah. I'm looking at the the card the card that they're showing in the very bottom there you mean this one uh, here? based on that yeah it looks like you know you U- this uprising i think this the set might be called uprising so mm-hmm. i feel like it's probably somewhere in the lore i'm sure someone comment down below if you you know some possible uprisings happening in the the world of great yeah. wrath <laughs> ruth Rothoth, you yeah, know whatever yeah. whatever, you, whatever you call it but like this is this is important that you kind of alluded to the legendary and fable cold foils are three times rare yeah they're already pretty rare that's shown down here so it looks like the rainbow foils are one out of 80 packs for legendaries Mm -hmm. roughly if we're sticking to 24 packs a box it's roughly three to four boxes so one per case is typically where you would you know like we have it right now but Mm -hmm. the legendary cold foils now are about three times as rare being one out of 220 packs yeah, so. I'm. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's going to be the same. Like, I'm assuming they're not blocking any particular piece of equipment, saying like this one's only available in rainbow foil. This one's only available in cold foil. Yeah. That wouldn't really. That like flies in the face of I think what they're trying to do here. So I'm going to assume yeah. that like everything is going to be available in uh, both and foilings. It might not enough. be all the legendaries. It might not be all the. Uh, you know, the entire if they release ten legendaries, all oh, they're all going to have two versions. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's going to be true, but. Uh, I don't yeah. think they're going to gate. They haven't explicitly uh, told us that it's going to be for every legendary, but I, I hope it is. I don't. I don't think they would do that for any specific one to only be in cold foil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to mention that the yeah. pull rates for the fables are still all no censored out. It, it, it makes <laughs> yeah. sense because they didn't. They didn't really give us like they had like the sealed yeah. product distribution. It was anecdotal, uh, or kind of you could mm-hmm. like kind of build a value based off of 
I guess, how many he said that there were out there in the world and yep. the print run, but... Yeah, like one of 20, nothing one official, of 20 boxes really. or something. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's fair. Yeah, but um, I, think, I will uh, add just the icon triangle we're there. here. The triangle or half diamond as he puts it here. Yeah. Uh, this is meant to be a new rarity symbol that mm -hmm. will apply to any card that has an alternate version of it. So the example that he gives here is that if you have like the regular majestic Aether Wildfire, the extended art version will have this new rarity symbol. So an, it's an easier way to distinguish between different types of the same card, which I like a lot. And it's called Marvel definitely... Rarity. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this is Marvel yeah. Rarity. <laughs> I think it's it's definitely like, and the frequency obviously depends on what kind of card you're looking at. Yes. Uh, I definitely like the idea of making it a lot more easily seen, especially if you want to try to sell mm -hmm. it or buy it. I think that's quite key just in case if you don't know, you know, how, how particularly rare it is, they've actually designated it as such. You might get some cooler cards like the, uh, the uh, full art, you know, mm -hmm. extended the extended twinning blade that kind of card might yeah. be like a lot more rare than like and an extended art of course the alt arts as well will apply mm -hmm. and i yeah, think he posted arts, in the true. article here that the alt arts are going to be like cool nothing stuff. we've seen before so they are really pushing the alt art um mm -hmm. game and yeah i love alt arts i think they are like the best i also big fan i'm still waiting for a cold foil anime command and conquer that i can run three of but that's neither yeah. here nor there uh <laughs> the last thing the last part of that is the token thing as far as drafting so if you scroll back up oh there, that's right yes in yes. the uh that they're replacing as far as they're trying to trying to uh remove the it. value they're drafting token here. yeah they're they're trying to remove uh, the value yeah, yeah. drafting aspect in the higher level competitive events so yes. if you go to like um let's say you make day two of your nationals and you start drafting, but you know, like you can't really make it any further, but depending just on your record, you might've just cold foil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're drafting first dead, right? Like you would just kind of take that, yeah. but like now there is no, this is first dead, right? So this will be the product. So yeah, going forward, I, I understand what they're doing here. It makes total sense at higher level events to try to avoid that because then your integrity of the draft does like, yeah. you could have extremely powerful cards being passed, uh, skewing yeah. the whole thing over, and then to skewing it over to like a particular hero, depending on what was pulled. And so now all the cards are all, all the packs will probably be uh, 16 cards per pack. Right. Mm -hmm. So the token slot will now token be the cold foil 15. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All, all cold foils that you get will be in the token slot. You will take the card out of the pack, right? That will be your card regardless. It won't affect the draft. Yeah. And you'll still have like the regular tokens, like it's one extra card to be the token. Right. Uh, yeah. And this will kind of, help make the draft more normalized and i i definitely like that a lot it's, it's one of those like subtle little changes that you don't think about but then you realize that oh yeah. now it doesn't matter if you're drafting first set or unlimited in like a big <laughs> event well it's all just gonna be this one it's all gonna be uh uprising it's true right i will add that it doesn't apply to the extended arts and alt arts those can still be pulled yeah. in the pack and you can still value pick those <laughs> but not uh, and, the I, and i will and I, and, and I will, yeah. And I will, but if you're getting a, a one per 220 pack legendary coal foil, <laughs> I would have definitely picked that up if that, that was there. That so, too. Uh, it does mitigate a little bit of it. I think value picking yep. can still be a thing, but mm -hmm. coal foils are the the chase cards for these yeah. these and sets. We, so it makes sense. And, and we don't we don't know the frequency of these Marvel cards either, so it's no. a little bit hard to guesstimate. Exactly. Okay. Cool moving reprints. on to the reprint policy. TLDR didn't change. <laughs> Not really. I think they just reinforced that it's going to be expanded to include everything in uh, future sets. I, I love I love the reprint policy. Yeah. I think it's great, and it it needs to preserve those first deads that people have put money into. I'm not pro, like super pro collector or anything like that, but like you, you need to understand that for any game to thrive, you need to have. Uh, I was actually talking to someone earlier about this. You need to have mm -hmm. a bit of an asset class. Is kind of how I look at it, right, from mm -hmm. a business point of view. That for for a market to succeed, you need people burning money, spending money on this, on these cards, opening these cards, looking for these singles. You need to ha have some kind of extrinsic, intrinsic, whatever, however you're framing it, depending on who you are some kind of value attached to it, right? And so that mm -hmm. asset class base for a lot of the earlier sets is going to be coal foils, right? Coal yep. foil legendaries, uh, yep. power 10 or power whatever you want to call it. Power 12. And yeah. I think I, I totally agree with the kind of expanding it to 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 only have like the the uprising coal foils will only be an uprising and then they'll have like, you know, organized play cards, obviously, yeah. or have, have always been under a different kind of uh, 
but yeah. if it was being under a different kind of policy. So I do like that they're extending it uh, to make sure the past isn't isn't kind of you know wonky and in the future is solidified a little bit more. Yeah. So the difference uh, um, that I can that I can also add here is that cold foils were only available in first ed historically up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They will be available of of course in the whole product now the whole product's life cycle until they stop printing this new hybrid product of both first and unlimited together um the cold foils will still be a thing so they'll be i guess pullable for a longer time but they'll they'll be much rarer so i'm hoping it balances Mm -hmm. out in terms of how many there are you know in the world um because total count of a certain card does matter if you're collecting it does matter like what the print run of a specific card like you know the heart of findles like about 430 in the world that matters to people and so i'm hoping that there aren't going to be flooded they won't flood you know the market but at the same mm-hmm. time um it's it's now making the product fun to open throughout its entire life cycle it's not just unlimited it's only for players and people who got into first that yeah. don't want to open it anymore it's like it's always going to be there very um, uh i'm just hoping very divisive like topic that many exactly and um i yeah. think i can see it from both sides and i mm-hmm. i do like whatever they're doing now i, I do like it a lot all right, rolling on to past, present, and future. This is probably one of the biggest releases, yeah. um, biggest parts of this article here. The game <laughs> is expanding. Yes, yes. It, oh, God, put that away. Put that away. Uh, the the game's expanding. It's blinding uh, me. Maybe, maybe not as fast as it used to be. I'm actually a little bit unsure as far as player base. Like, it's definitely yeah. growing. I don't know if the growth rate has slowed down or there not. There are, like, anecdotal uh, pieces from people, like, in certain areas where there's there's just no yeah. play at all, whereas in our areas, or at least mine, it seems to be picking up steam quite a bit. Yeah, people, people also tell do on a leave, level, right? Really. People yeah, leave, too. Yeah. The, the idea is, like, this is, like, there's well-established markets as well as there's kind of newer markets that they want to get into and grow the game, right? So, obviously... Yeah. You're going to need more product in the hands of people. You're going to need more accessibility to kind of key cards. Um, yeah. Key cards being the kind of cards that work in a, a lot of deck. Like, feel free to see our Back to Basics episodes where we go over the singles that uh, the singles that the hostess with the most is there. Uh, we might <laughs> have to redo that with this new set here. But the point is that there are kind of objectively cards that are just better than others at being more flexible, especially newer players getting them into a more competitive mindset as far as giving them more competitive decks to play with and practice with. But the history pack is going to be that kind of piece that Legend Store Studios is hoping will bridge, I think as they say, like kind of bridge the gap between uh, the slashing of the unlimited product, right? Mm-hmm. So this history pack is going to come out as per the product page May 6th. And that's yes. actually a couple weeks away. Actually, so that's... that's uh, I've, I've got we could, it Yeah, we could bring it up. Yeah, we could bring it up. Yeah. yeah, we can bring it up here. So it's May 6th. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the history pack here. So sure, the yeah. history pack is going the way of the uh, revised set uh, with the white borders. So revised in, in Magic the Gathering was the one that came after Alpha and Beta, uh, as well as, you know, you had your unlimited, your unlimited prints here. And it's the first kind of booster box that had white borders, mm-hmm. which is kind of... Uh, I have so I have so many thoughts, and not a lot of them are positive about these these cards here. Like they, to me, the idea makes sense. The problem is that when I'm looking at this card, it looks like they just forgot to put the border. <laughs> like they, it looks. I, I, I think I, I, don't know. I think I'm it'll being grow very, on like, us. Like I'm being optimistic. This will grow on me. When I see the cards okay. in person, I'll be a bit happier. I, Rob, 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 Rob will take the 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 pro. I'll take the con here. So yeah, yeah. As far as the as far as the pro. Uh, I do agree with you. I think I think they will grow on people just because people need reprints of like CNC. They need reprints of a lot mm-hmm. of these staples, especially CNC. Uh, yep. And you know, I don't know, but as, as far as like the, the set itself is over four hundred cards, and there's only ten cards per pack. So as far as like uh, ten cards per pack, thirty six packs, oh. so you're gonna get three hundred sixty cards per yep. box, right? As compared to the twenty four times fifteen, right? Because that's what it was twenty four packs. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of like an expand or uh, an expansion set type of yeah. Quantity but it's the same here. total card. It's the same total cards, right? Because twenty four times fifteen and thirty six times ten. It's the same total cards. So you're getting mm-hmm. the same size, right? Uh, but it, it, you're combining okay. three sets together. So yeah. as far as like so, the welcome odds, to Wraith, but, Arcane Rising, and Crucible, and Crucible of War, War are all included yeah. in this history pack one. Yeah, and I think you know they will come out. They have said they're going to come up with more of these, but I think mm-hmm. it is an interesting idea. Like no foils. This is definitely yes, not no the foils. established player. 
in my my opinion, like the the one who's really like put mm-hmm. already put the money into getting a lot of these key cards. This is definitely yes. like a pure a pure play to get those new players that don't care about foils. They just yep. want to play the game at the cheapest price point. The MSRP pack MSRP Ooh. per pack. I know the per display was a bit jarring to some people, seeing the actual display price being like 140 US, 180 yeah. Canadian. These are these are these are higher. It's quite um, big. And in Canada, you're looking at about 180 Canadian per per box, as opposed to as opposed to like the 135 it was before. But if you look at the MSRP per pack, it is a lower MSRP per pack because there's 12 more packs, so you have a 50 percent increase yeah. in packs. So if you actually look at the per pack cost, it is cheaper. Um, True. Except there's just more of them, right? Like a per pack cost is cheaper. It's just a matter yeah. of did you want 36 packs? Did you want no 24 because the packs are only 10 cards per pack right exactly so it's the number of pack cards with less is cards. like the same <laughs> compared to welcome to wraith and arcane i guess because they had 15 mm. cards per pack here you're getting the <laughs> reduced pack size but more packs so i, I guess don't know. i guess the i guess the per the per card price is probably higher if there's only 10 cards per pack yeah, i don't want to get into the exactly math of this. So the it's per the, card it's the pack. same quantity of cards as like a, mm-hmm. a main set a regular box yeah but it is about 50 bucks more for this one mm. now, yeah, it is, it is a set, not, not the supplementary yeah it is a special it is product. definitely special uh um, so that, that being by said people who already have the cards right yeah uh, that, that being said most of the old older school magic players and magic collectors i know really dislike the white borders mm. so this is just going to be a play and I, some people like it i'm not saying everyone hates it but like yeah my opinion is definitely not just my own. I know of plenty of people who dislike the yeah. white borders. And <laughs> a for good reasons. <laughs> as, as I said, the card just looks like it's missing. Like it looks like someone just took paper and printed an image and just mm-hmm. forgot to like forgot to get the resolution it, right so it's not yeah. going to the edges. Like I don't Yeah, I, I agree with maybe, that. I maybe think it's because whatever. every card I mean, has its own unique border too, like Command and Conquer has this like golden border that's, here. That's that's the thing. It they does have clash borders to all of these cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I need to see it in a sleeve, as you said. And there are sleeves that come with borders kind of mm-hmm. in them. I don't really like those kinds it's of true. sleeves, but yeah, I do yeah. I do need to see a bit more of that. So yeah. jury's out on that. So we can go back to the article. Now, Although I, I, I was going to say that if you are someone who just wants these cards to play with, as the set is intended for, and they don't care. you yeah. probably won't mind too much. Of course, you want good-looking cards, but I think this will grow on me over time. I think that right now it's pretty stark to compare it to a dark card. Dark grow, card. It'll grow. It'll grow on me like a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, Wrong page. Here we go. That, ooh, uh, forget about that one. Uh, so yeah. So <laughs> I like yeah. the ones they've given out here. Tunic, CNC. Oh, we've all needed that Dorinthia reprint. Uh, <laughs> and so scrolling down to the second part of this, mm-hmm. this was alluded to already as far as the multiple languages. He did. James yes. did say in an interview, Mr. White, if you'd like to call him Mr. White instead. There we go. Uh, he said in a YouTube interview, I believe it was with a French channel. I, I'm not going to try to pronounce them because I don't remember what they're called. Mm-hmm. But it said French language was definitely coming. And that kind of led me to believe that they're going to go the way of every other major card game and not just literally pick one European language to expand. So yeah. this is this is this group of languages is the core group of like Latin languages that they do usually expand to as far as French, German, yeah, Italian, French, Spanish, German. and English. Exactly. This is something that nobody expected. This black label. I don't know yeah. what whenever someone puts black label on it. On, I just on thought BGS ten. <laughs> yeah that's i you know what i honestly it, think that's probably where they got the idea from i think it's intentional yeah yeah, yeah totally um and so they're mm-hmm. gonna have like the short print run one time only black label edition of all of these kind of history packs yes. uh something special is not being done for a small subset of cards what do you think that is i have no idea probably my guess is alternate art that that is that is gonna be my like an alternate art tunic i mean yeah. alternate art cnc uh east strike maybe uh you know mm-hmm. whatever I'm trying to think of uh, Art of War, uh, those kinds of cards. Maybe yeah. I- I'm guessing that it's an alternate art of like the power majestics and maybe some legendaries. That is my guess. That was my what biggest you, hope for this set was that not just reprinting CNC or East Strike, but putting alt arts because that would make it actually, you know, I would actually want to open this product if I saw that there were alt art cards of my right, you know, favorite majestics. Because isn't this like, isn't this for us? Like when I mean us, I mean like for like me and People you, have, like we've been to the game a little bit. We have yeah. our play sets of pretty much every card because we need them when we yeah. build decks. So we have yeah. them all, right? 
yeah well yeah exactly like at least like they have like they have a bit of a collection going already from these sets like what why would anyone that isn't extremely new or just really want all that like why would they want this set and i'm I'm guessing that is the chase right i don't know how much product i would buy of this Mm -hmm. it really depends on the um price point like is the black label the same price as the non-black label it should i'm not be. actually sure i'm, I'm sure right? it will be because the price is only mentioned oh let me pull that back up here um mm-hmm. now which is interesting that don't... the english packs don't say black label on them but like they yes, the, the other language packs too i actually wonder and, uh, because they don't have the label i wonder if you'll be able to differentiate the box from the outside that's also fair right i didn't actually think about that if you go back to the article for a sec do they yeah. have the um they have something else. The first wave of history pack will be releasing in May sixth. However, they're not they're not mentioning if that's black label Down or here. like is there yeah, is there one black label edition? Is there one well, this is first not... wave? Um and let's oh, see if they I mentioned think... first wave here. They is it really possible that wave. is it possible that the history pack original white border will only be available in English and then the black label will only be available in other languages? Hmm. I think I'm actually thinking that's the case because when you're looking at the fact that only the English pack don't have black label on them. Oh no, this might be like a, no, it's, it's short print run for French, German, Italian, Spanish. Yeah. Not English. Uh, uh, so they might actually have like a like this is a favor to everyone who's been playing with the English packs that don't actually speak English. Like English is not their first language. So I'm, I'm actually thinking that the regular white border is going to be English and yeah. the black label is going to be the addition for, for the, the other languages, uh, languages, for the other European. That yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, they did uh, differentiate sure here. Uh, you might be yep. right. Yeah, because I do not see black label here for uh, English. Yep. And that will be released on uh, Canada Day, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting myself a German alt art command and conquer. <laughs> that is going to be uh, going to be the goal here. Nice. <laughs> so that's interesting. So okay. history pack. I think if you scroll down a little bit, they're yeah. also talking about like they're gonna get another one in 2024. Yeah. Uh, Here's the next so, history pack two, which will probably be mm-hmm. Monarch Tales of Aria. And, but it's just, uh, it's just biannually, right? So that's. Uh, every two years it has to be every yeah. two years right yeah yeah 2022 okay. 2024 yeah so who knows what this will include it, it might not even include those three sets because they've been printed so much i don't know but mm-hmm. yeah we'll the print see. the print one is much much higher for uh monarch and tail tails especially which we don't know to be fair we don't know it factually how much there are but it's probably going to be similar mm-hmm. if not more to, than monarch yeah i totally agree so yeah playing the game so this is part so that was kind of like products right yeah so now we're part looking one at was the, product part two the actual play yeah not the ruling play. per se but not the, the gameplay yeah, not the rules. metadata yeah. if you want to put it that way right so i yeah. think this can be mm-hmm. kind of summarized like my thoughts about the game as it is currently is that lss has definitely been trying to flesh out their competitive scene mm-hmm. that's very evident by shoving a million dollar prize pool uh in the 2022 kind of organized play series that's been yes. extremely obvious to anyone who's been actually watching the development of the game. There, LSS is trying to kind of get in the the more competitive player mindset to actually develop the game as a game. Mm-hmm. So a, as an actual, like, not just fun, but it's got, like, deep, like, nice They They want to reward uh, people who put in the time, people who dedicate themselves to being good at the game. Like, the, like the, 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 not just that, but, like, the TOs, the judges, like, like yep. the, the entire kind of uh, atmosphere, the, the stuff that you don't need. Having extra special atmosphere. promos for judges, special yep, promos the heralds, even the for... Mats. Yeah, exactly, the play mats especially, right? Those are huge. Right, so and I think... definitely care about Yeah, them. and I think... James White understands that you're kind of missing a big piece of the player base that is just a lot more casual. And even locally, I know locally for you too, there's a lot of players that, you know, come to armories but didn't come to the ProQuest. Or they exactly. maybe came, maybe they come once in a while, they, they come when they feel like it. It's not really a massive part in their life. And that's that's probably, for most games, that's the majority. Uh, just yeah. because that it's you can't really count on a competitive scene being super, super big unless you're starting to turn some of those casual players competitive, which is probably the reason for some of the history pack stuff. So mm-hmm. I think this is probably trying to expand on that. And I think they really need to. I think we talked about that in one of the other episodes uh, when we talked about the Kickstarter thing. I was explaining like the lore. They should try to be expanding on that. And I think oh, that was yeah. the biggest part. Yeah, and He's kind of saying straight up, I agree with you, Eric. I saw the <laughs> video. I've heard what you said. 
I liked, comment, and subscribed. Uh, all, 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 all <laughs> the things. Click that bell right? for and notifications. So, click, I think James clicked the bell. He's sitting there. He's like, oh, he's, he's got some good points. Let's expand on this. And so he's saying here that we're going to jump more into World of Wraith. And I think it's super important to really develop that lore and providing a atmosphere that players can mm-hmm. jump into, right? You need to really take that player into your world to understand the, the characters, kind of the, the atmosphere, some of the card, the art, especially, like yeah. really, really getting someone pumped about a hero because it's the hero, not just because it has some crazy-ass ability or some crazy-ass weapon, but like, don't you want to like a hero or love a hero because of their play style and the fact that they like ripped the tiger in two in the Savage Lands? Like, you want to be able right, to yeah. really get, get, get into that. So I think that's what they're doing here, right? Yeah. So that's... And, uh, I agree fully, and I want to also highlight this point where they want to publish books. So no longer are the days Thank where God. you can oh, you cannot you have to pay a thousand dollars for that lore book because you wanted to oh have that God. hard copy, <laughs> you know, like a hands-on book. Now they will I be would publishing buy one, books. Oh, I would right right there. Like I'll, right right in the right yeah, in the background. Just, like right right here. Just, have just the, the books. books. I would love to yeah. go through the books and if there's like a volume series of like you know, it's like a manga or something, or you can like have a bunch of them <laughs> in continuation maybe. <laughs> That'd be a lot I'd love of fun. To see, I'd love to see the anime version. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. uh, Netflix series when? <laughs> but Netflix anyway. series when. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely like that. So that's kind of point one. Point two is a social play. So the classic battles product, which we will be doing a full review on. Yeah. We'll be opening the products together. We both have them on order. Yes. We'll be playing a couple games with the decks. Uh, both of us playing both sides. So we're going to see. Give us our, our full kind of review on... Uh, do we think it's worth it? Who do you, who do we think it's for? Uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that a little, a little bit later. Definitely. And it makes a whole lot of sense. A little lore book, some decks, some cold foils, uh, a little tantalizing. We had some mixed thoughts about that as far as like the price point. The price point was a little bit of what, an issue, yeah. But but now with the historic pack coming May 6th, the classic battles coming out a couple weeks later makes a whole lot more sense, right? Because you're, you're kind of mixing the pot a little bit with with, with two mm-hmm. different kind of products supporting the new-ish, the new yeah. slash new-ish players, right? So I, exactly. I kind of do like that now. Um, yeah, and they the, fit the, together. Uh, the, it's it's the, good timing. The introduction. Like, I think I would buy this for people who I think might like the game, right? Yeah. This is a nice gift item, which really, like, yeah. giving someone a Blitz deck, like, as a gift item, it seems fine, but it's not very nicely packaged. It's not it's a not nice... Very, Set. It's yeah, and I, I think that there are some products out there that I just love looking at sealed because they're so nicely mm-hmm. packaged, right? Nice mm-hmm. art, maybe nice little like windows for cards to come through, and like, you can see things, right? Uh, I'm hoping it has that same uh, effect. I, I don't think I've ever seen what it looks like sealed. I don't know if that mm-hmm. was ever made public. We just saw the banner of Durantia versus Reiner. Yeah, we, and we asked a little what the like what the product looks like. like. Have no, we? we okay, maybe like, I missed it. Yeah, we saw what the, it looked, looked like a little box and it was like sticking out like that. Okay, but it's, it's, so it, it, it nice is regardless. more stylized than just like the Blitz decks. Mm-hmm. So I think oh, it's, it's going to look oh, really cool. Big, for 50 bucks, it better be a, big, a, better be a big boy. <laughs> um, and so the last part, the PVE. Right. So yeah, we're making PVE. D. We're making we're making LSS D and D, which is kind of right up my alley. So I'm I know you're a mm-hmm. big D. You're a much bigger D and D guy than I am because you actually have a group that plays every week, which is uh, <laughs> we can only dream of. Us peasants can only dream of it. So I mean, we play over Discord right up, because we played over the pandemic. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that that that's true. But like, this is you know, where sword shields, pizza, beer collide. I mean, I'm I'm thinking D and D, right? Like that uh, sounds so, very much like D and D. It, it does, and I would be super down to have that on Discord to do PVE. I, I would record that. I would put if they put this up, that yeah. would be content on Spark of Genius. It'll be like PVE like a, with the boys. Spark of Genius campaign, where we design oh, our own oh stuff. Oh my god! I, I can't wait so... to see what they have in the in the works for this because there is so much potential with PVE. You can do raid yep. bosses at your LGS. You can like have like certain heroes that just work really well together. Like there's really good synergy there. So you can like mm-hmm. ask your friend like, hey, you play Bard this week. I'll play the tank, you know, and then we kind of maybe have positional elements too in terms of like the raid boss and see like. Sorry, you you know I'm DPS, so don't don't yeah, ask me to. You don't do barter. <laughs> no, I'm not barding. You can be Azalea um, on DPS. No, if it's Azalea, I'm gonna be uh, Durinthia, obviously. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she's a bruiser. It's going to be 
She's she is a bit of a bruiser. Who would be like pure DPS? I think it'd Not probably Rangers. be like Lexi. Probably Kano. No, no, it'd be Kano. Oh, mage, yeah, mage DPS. Any mage, it'd any archer, uh, maybe Dash because she's pistol oriented. Anyway, <laughs> that, we're, I, we're I, getting all I want to say here. is like that's that's the kind of potential we're looking at with this, right? You have these really cool dynamics that you can build and like you know, mm-hmm. build, lore, uh, world building, lore building, um, and just yep. kind of meeting together for these raid bosses. The bo- I really possibilities. Look to this. I think the possibilities really are endless, and I really like that they're mentioned. And this, this is year. especially good for casual. It, it might only be casual, mm-hmm. actually. And mm-hmm. I would say I'm more of a casual player. I really like the social aspects of playing games. I'm more of an it's armory like, goer uh, and maybe pro quest, but I. It's like uh, you know, it's like as Demo says, got to be a high level, high casual, level casual, right? exactly. So I, I kind of feel that like term. I, fit I still that. use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't look to compete really. I look to have fun, and I play janky decks on my armories. I play KO <laughs> for God's sake. So you know, that's the kind that's of player true. I am. Yeah. Anyway, uh, very very mo- moving into the the casual play formats. Ultimate Pit Fight is like one of those. We really should try it. I just I feel so mm. meh about all. I, I tried it once, but like yeah, I really I've played didn't a handful of times enjoy it that well. much. I didn't really enjoy it. But I think we might might want to give it another shot here. I don't really have much to say about Ultimate Pit Fight. I don't really think yeah. that's kind of the future. It can be fun. I think the next one. I'm not. I, I don't really think that we can comment uh, more on this week. That's pretty funny. Um, comment more about that. We don't really have strong thoughts here. We kind of have to see it play out. But this commoner thing is very yeah. interesting because let me, let me open my that link since I've got it open. Sure. Sure. So in my locals, uh, I've been running popper tournaments, which are similar but not the same. And these these have been pretty successful in getting those players that really don't have the uh, the either the means to or the want to like start buying yeah. all these really expensive cards. They don't want to, to commit too with, hard like, into the game and buy. These yeah, which is understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be a bit of a mix between like an LCG and a TCG. So the the commoner popper is supposed to be like a world where worlds collide kind of thing and so commoner is the official format so we might be switching it to this format because it's just easier to reference yeah and essentially what commoner is is exactly what it sounds like you're going to be using all commons except your young hero can be a rare or common yep. and you get uh two yep. rares in your inventory up to two rares in your inventory your inventory is your weapons exactly. and your equipment right and so up so to two rare cards two claws and ko now <laughs> no, you can literally, literally that's all you KO get. and two claws. That, that's, <laughs> and that's that's probably what they're looking at, right? Like if you want a weapon and a, and a piece of equipment, if you have if you're a two handed, if you have two one hands, if yeah. your hero is a rare, I think Kasai is also rare, so it covers Kasai yeah, and sabers. The sabers are also rares, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so it covers Kasai and sabers. So they're 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 making sure they're not leaving anyone stranded here. So mm-hmm. I really like the idea of adding in those kind of rare flex slots. Yeah, but everything else is just you know. Blitz, it's blitz style, right? Forty card decks. Uh, those are only common, so no rare, no plunder runs, no uh, no ridiculousness like that. Yep. Uh, and only two copies of each unique card, of course. Uh, and that is kind of the the idea that it is a melting pot of players bringing decks that anyone can build, essentially, right? Yep. And I, I really quite big fan. I'm going to run this at. Uh, my LGS. So I'm good. So it's, it's interesting that they do kind of block what heroes you can play, because they are specifically blocking out now. Obviously, Shiana, who's a legendary. There are mm. now I think three or four from Everfest. There was Valda. There was Icelander. There was mm-hmm. uh, Genus is now blocked out. Um, they they weren't necessarily strong heroes, I would say. No, they so they kind of they fit into that commoner playstyle where they're not overpowered. They're just kind of janky. You're <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think that maybe uh, you can still run data at all. I think that Shiana is just not that strong without her speci- specialization cards, which are mostly majestics. So that yep. might make sense why she can't be played. Really, you probably wouldn't want to play her actually uh, in this case. But I wonder if the majestic ones might have maybe could have had a place. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Icelander maybe isn't even that good because of this limitation. But I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are really on blocking these majestic type heroes which aren't even that good to begin with kind of funny that uh so we have a we actually have our locals popper event later today i think mm-hmm. i think it's later today or tomorrow and and yuki was asking literally the exact same question mm. like what like because we don't we also didn't allow uh, okay the majestic heroes level heroes majestic. yep yeah yep. we also didn't and i think my reasoning was kind of like eh like it was kind of like I mean, I it does. I don't it think does it makes gate, that much of a difference. It's true, and I think it it does gate people who want to play those heroes, but just they don't have the cards. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really, I guess, yeah, I'm answering my own question here, but I think the reason is because they do cost yeah. more money on average. And if one of those heroes actually ends up being really good eventually, well, then you have a problem where <laughs> you have to yeah. ban that hero because they just slightly got the edge, right? Uh, you don't want you want to remove every possible edge that the rarity I think there is in this case. I think they are I think they are future proofing for sure, and I, yeah. I definitely do enjoy the fact that they've made it official and that you know yeah. now we we were hipsters. We 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 did this way before this was a thing. <laughs> uh, this was one of my locals had this suggestion from the island. Did Clint it before it was cool. Before it was cool, we were doing it. I just want to tell LSS, yeah. James. I know you're watching. We had this idea first. Yeah. Just. Just letting you know, you can reward us however you'd like. Just letting you know. Um, <laughs> um, and and with I, that, I can also add that the legendary heroes and the majestic heroes have a place in Blitz. They're not just completely tossed yeah. to the wayside. They have a place somewhere in the format or in mm-hmm. the game, rather. So not not the end of the world. No, I totally agree. So I yeah. think the next topic here. Okay. Yes. We're looking go back at to is Fab 2.0 here. Yeah. The rule enforcement. This is actually the rule enforcement is actually yeah. one of my personal things that i wanted to see because mm-hmm. when i was trying to like adequately judge and ass- and assess like different you know, when you study for like the judge test and stuff like that yeah. study when you uh, some people i guess study, uh, study study but like yeah when you review slash study for for the thing it, it, it kind of the fact that tier three and tier four tournaments are professional standard and professional enforcement and then the, uh, the road to nat the tier two and tier one events are both casual enforcement but mm-hmm. the difference between a nationals event or like a calling event or some or like a worlds or whatever and a road to nationals is large. It, it's a much different event. The prize pool is much bigger. The yeah. uh, turnout is much bigger. The what's a stake is much bigger. Like these are streamed events too. Right? Like the, mm-hmm. these these make a lot more sense. There's plenty of judges. But the difference between a level one and a level two event I feel is also fairly significant. Yeah. Not as big, but like the fact that there's no difference between just any old tier one armory event and a pro quest quest, where there's a gold full on the line. There's Mm -hmm. a pro tour, which is a tier four invite on the line. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot on the line to keep, keep it on a casual rule enforcement. The same idea with like skirmish is a tier one event, but it has a difference that's surprising. I think that, there definitely needed to be some kind of intermediate rule enforcement to adequately uh, adequately categorize the the tournaments in terms of not just the tier level, but also what's at stake. Yeah, and the comp- the, in- the competitive competitive integrity of these tier two uh, and tier one events that you know on the surface they don't look like they're super important compared to like the calling. Yeah, but for a lot of players. Tier two is their competitive. They they might yeah. not have the means, or they don't want to go to a calling, or it's not really in their area, or something like that. But like tier two is their competitive uh, event level. I know plenty of players like that, and I feel like it would really benefit them to uh, and the community as a whole if there was like a bit of a carve out as far as the rule enforcement that would help players better get acclimated so that if they do go to a calling it's not such a random shock because the difference between that enforcement is large like the ip penalties go up the the penalties in general go up yeah it's it's a bit of a a bit of a uh, like uh i've definitely seen people in calling just get dq'd for things that you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. get you wouldn't necessarily get dq'd for in like a casual enforcement event so i definitely like this quite a bit and yep. I like why they're doing it. I would want to see what that intermediate enforcement is, but I like it for now. Yeah, it's a step in the right direction for sure. I, I covered everything from that. Let's, let's see, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like the done. <laughs> Hello Elo and Recognizing. Hello Elo. <laughs> there must be some kind of pun master over, over there at LSS hello. who are making these hello. titles. It's like echoing uh, hello, hello, hello. Anyway. Anyways, so <laughs> this is a different kind of point with the ELO and the XP, something that's being brought to everyone's attention as far as qualifying for the Pro Tour in New Jersey. The fact that top 100 XP lifetime and 90 day is a little bit strange to a lot of people. And the reason, the main reason being behind, there's not, there weren't enough events that gave ELO to actually use the ELO rating board yet. Yeah. And I think this is part of the part of the trying to address that. That now uh, they feel that you know, with OP being at this particular stage, that it's the the right time to kind of make Elo a bit more accessible. 
And I love this because Canada up in, up in any non, I think any non U S like any country other than the U S really just doesn't have the kind of population support base and the infrastructure base to be able to run all of these events. Like not everyone has a channel fireball SGG, that that kind of thing to run these events. So I think that, especially cost base, cost base is also too, uh, giving more players a chance to hit that elo without having to spend hundreds of dollars on plane tickets and travel and travel expenses to actually mm-hmm. get to these events wherever they may be is yeah. a it's a must i think right adding yeah. adding uh elo to pro quests adding mm-hmm. elo to battle i don't think uh elo was in battle hardens either so adding elo to pro quests roads and battle hardens the roads uh, neither especially which... uh being actually the same yep. level as pro quests here so they are they really are both good. they are both two they are both tier two events so that does that does right. make sense so it I'm does not, make I'm sense yeah. sure if battle heart i think it's battle hardened isn't actually technically on the op like tier list okay, as far as yeah. events go because <laughs> i know nats and the calling are tier three and mm-hmm. that's why they're both the same but i guess battle hardened is kind of in the middle and that kind of makes sense when it's in terms of like you're getting two yeah. ptis now for first and second uh and for roads and pro quests <clears> only the first place gets like the invite whatever right. the invite is either to nats or pti right so that actually makes sense as far as the k factor don't know why they called it the k factor but it's yep. essentially the factor in which the elo will apply to that event relative to the strength strength of the event based on the player base right yeah so the accessibility they kind of mentioned the accessibility here the points are in line with yep. frequency because there are a lot more pro quests <clears> than there were uh, mm-hmm. There are like battle hardens and roads. Uh, I imagine that means that the next season of road, because I remember the, there's definitely in the season one for road to nationals, there weren't that many road to nationals as compared right. to like how many pro quests we're seeing in PQ1 and PQ2. Mm-hmm. So I guess they, they're probably increasing the number of roads they're going to give this season, which is interesting. I think that will have a different uh, different kind of effect. We'll, we'll see that kind of mm-hmm. later if that does pop up, but yeah. enabling kind of elo to be used in this op really does make a whole lot of sense to players as i mentioned depending on where someone's living they could be paying a lot of money to go to some of these events and to not be able to gain elo to if they want to be a competitive player you're gatekeeping a lot of your population maybe not a lot but there is a portion of players there, that you're definitely gatekeeping by not yeah that you know if you gave them some elo there's some chances to do elo maybe they wouldn't have to uh you know, <laughs> rely on uh, the good <laughs> graces of someone gifting them a PTI or something yep. like that. But yep. what, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think about the ELO? No, I think it's great. There needs to be a system in place, I think, for rewarding these higher level com- competitions right? instead of just having like, here's a PTI for first or second or just for first, right? I, th- I think it's great. This really does. That, I think it does yeah. balance things out or spread it out in a way that it's less concentrated. Mm-hmm. Oops, sorry. Less concentrated in uh, on specific events and more so that you can now participate in your local road to Nats and ProQuest and still get a fair amount of ELO. A little, a little something, something. Something for your trouble. Like third. Yeah, yeah so like I don't have don't any have like, like... Uh, conflicting thoughts with yours. I think I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think this is a good system in place and I'll be taking advantage of it myself. So as someone yep. who doesn't no, participate sense. in these higher level mm-hmm. tournaments, I think this will be good for me. Yeah, that's like a little ELO. They're considering implementation of activity to remain on the ELO board. We're, no comment on that. We don't really know. Uh, banning the restricted right. list. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they put the ban uh, list on the ban list. <laughs> I, I know I saw this and I was kind of like, that yeah. is interesting. Because yeah, this seem... is out of left field. Uh, we did not expect this at all. No, they definitely seem super hesitant to ban cards mm-hmm. outright as far as like, meta like just based yeah. on their their language they used in the bnr earlier um mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about uh in the video coming out tomorrow in our discussion video but yeah. like they, they do seem very hesitant to start making a whole bunch of changes mm-hmm. uh willy-nilly depending on like you popular, can tell that popular opinion and such yeah you can tell that they uh do not take banning cards lightly i think mm-hmm. um you know i think you can see it in multiple ways but one way that you could see it is that like there was like a flaw, you know, maybe in the design or something. And I think they, they take this really seriously and batting a card is a, is a pretty big deal. So with this kind of new system that they're implementing here is that they're going to put things on uh, how they word this. They put it on a new list. A suspension will be applied mm-hmm. to a card, which will give it a time period uh, in which it cannot be played. Um and they've given some conditions that kind of end that time period. So I'll read them out here. These are there are three, three bullet points. So a card could be restricted until maybe until the next ban list or um, announcement. 
Mm. It could be banned until a specific time, so June 30, and or or until a hero becomes living legend. So if there's a specific hero that is making this card really good and really broken in the current meta, they can put out a statement saying like, okay, we will spend ball lightning until Briar is living legend or something like that. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. I definitely understand why they're doing it. It's a lot more flexible, right? And I think flexibility is key with a game that's like in its youth. Like nativity is the, uh, not nativity. Is it nativity the right word? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's, it's new. It's a new in their nascence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that word. Uh, and so it kind of does make sense in that they're able to, you know, we made a mistake and will. I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, it, it makes it makes a whole lot of sense to actually put on dates rather than to kind of leave everyone up in the air as far as maybe they explained why, but they didn't explain like to that effect. Yeah. Is there something they can remove it off the list? Like Seeds of Agony, for example. Is there is there some kind of please just give me back just I'll take one seeds of agony. I'll just give me a one of one color. Yeah, I'm exactly. Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh but yeah. They they also they also do mention like as far as blitz in general they are kind of reinforcing the fact that <laughs> so tends to use it liberally for blitz because they're just kind of like blitz is blitz you know uh, there might be a calling for blitz which is kind of funny it's like it's a it's a we yeah. focus on CC but we can still have a calling for I mean, it there were which, um, battle hardened blitz I believe right battle hardened was like one of the main kind of battle hardened was mainly blitz that right. was supposed to be the blitz accompanying event to the calling CC but yeah. the calling was. You know, Krakow is, is is the calling blitz. There was one in uh, New Zealand too, uh, a blitz blitz calling. But right, I yes. think it's definitely fine. They're just reinforcing that thought, and they're kind of experiment experimenting with it to kind of determine whether formats are, you know, they're in reasonable shape as far as hero diversity and as fairness as far as like accessibility goes. So I think that's fine. I, I I'm curious. I'm now now I'm even more curious on May second on the on the BNR now. The new BNR, if, if yeah. This, yeah, if this is coming into play, it, it definitely makes a whole ton of sense to explain that this is gonna come out. I'm willing yep. to bet they're gonna use it on May second to be like yeah. uh Oak is banned until after PTE or something is yep. banned until like you know, you know what I mean? And that and that gives a really good workaround to be able to, hey, you really, you wanna shake up the meta for your pro tour? We're gonna yes. we're gonna restrict something until after the pro tour, like yeah. because then after that it's really like well you probably don't have a lot of other big events up until like the June twenty fourth release of Uprising, right? So mm-hmm. I very much understand the timing and the extensiveness as they're putting into this. So I'm very very curious. Man, May second is gonna be a hell of a day here. So yep. yeah, that that's that's the ban list here. So what's a hero without their trusty dot 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 and other matters? Of becoming a legend, mm-hmm. I, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta introduce me to this writer here, who's, who's making up the titles. They can do our YouTube titles. Yeah, and <laughs> this is this is an interesting one because this is the changes to the living legend status, right? So yeah. now, well, summary yeah. wise, they're just adding a weapon to the hero as their yes. signature weapon. So their signature weapon is essentially the the token weapon that this hero came with, as far as the standard one mm-hmm. that was the first one to be used. It's a right, right. kind of, uh, it's in a, the art, it's in the lore, yeah, whatever. I mean, you, you whatever can see the you. example here for Prism is Luminaris. Um, it is not... Not Iris. <laughs> it's not Iris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Luminaris, I think being in her art as well, I, I, I think it's yeah. kind of her weapon she's using in the art. I think it um, is, yeah. And it is the main weapon that Prism players play. They do not play the Iris at all. Uh, but we see other examples here where that isn't the case. For example, for where was he? I'm looking for Chain. For Chain, we are banning Galaxy Black, which 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 makes sense because Briar has Rosetta, right? Like that's yeah. Briar's weapon, technically speaking. It's his Chain's so, weapon, like, but it is not because the of the one meta. he uses the most of. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, that, it's his totally his iconic sense, weapon. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Viscera is using Nebula Blade, like you know. He's using Rosetta in the meta, but he's using uh, Nebula so, Blade. So in. all uh, all Rune Blades should protect Briar if they want to keep being don't, very good. Yeah. So don't can don't keep let Briar win. Just use her weapon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Lexi's using uh, Voltaire. Lexi's not using Shiver. Yep. That's another one of note. It's true. Uh, because, you know, just because. Uh, I mean, that's the Winter's one she's using Whale, in the not... art, I think. In, in her art, I yep. believe it is Voltaire, yeah. <clears throat> same thing with old him and winter's whale not using the uh titan's fist titan's so same fist, same yeah. kind of idea levia with hexagore, hexagore. not the uh Minax. interesting 
Yeah, not the meat axe, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Are all monarch heroes just using their majestic except for chain? Um, let's see. Yeah, I think so. We have Levia, we have Prism. Where's what Bolton? Is... Bolton's Raiden, that makes sense. And we're so missing not... what was Chain. It? Yeah. It was the... Oh, uh, Death Scythe. That was the majestic Dread, Dread for Runeblade. Oh, Dread Scythe. Sorry, Dread Death Scythe sounds much better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're not... They decided... No, no, no. No Dread Scythe. We're going to go Galaxy Black. Which makes sense because the, 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 they have the Altar Galaxy Black. He's yeah. holding Galaxy Black. He's so holding it. Reaping. They, they're, they're holding it as the, a hero. The lore slash art style coupled here mm -hmm. with their weapon, which makes sense. I, I like that. Yep. No... Um, no ta no Talishar for Cavdeed Trader skins. That's pretty I funny. See, but, uh, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, interesting. So short and sweet, they're going to ban the weapons along with the heroes if they reach Living Legend. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. Legendary and Beyond. So there's this little part here. Mm. Uh, they've essentially just confirmed that. Um, right, right. The, the they're gonna go the way of uh won't be long ma ma magic magic the gathering and give us all a legacy format essentially is what they're saying for all you magic players out there yeah uh legacy will be a thing they're just waiting for enough heroes to actually you know yeah. warrant releasing a legacy format because right now legacy format would be the same thing as our uh, <laughs> zero as our, changes <laughs> yeah and they don't have like of course magic definitely like their set ro their, their their sets are based off set rotations right yeah. so like that's how they frame it, whereas James White has been pretty clear that that's not how he wants to do it. But what he will do that doesn't affect set rotation is legacy, and that's just everything. Uh, everything from every set. Uh, so everything is Living Legend. You can still yeah. still use it. Uh, and seasonal programs here, that's kind of... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's kind right. of... Adding that's that's kind of what they said in 2022 when they're they're rotating different events so they'll have seasons right and that's kind of what we've been using in Spark of Genius to kind of determine our yeah. content for like a pro quest season or skirmish season or so the blitz focus so uh, I think other channels kind of do the same and the content is kind of surrounded that from Fab TCG itself kind of makes sense I do like it it provides much needed structure in my opinion compared to 2021 uh, well for us it was the tail end but even in general for uh, Fab TCG is a game that was kind of like, oh, I'm getting ready for, I don't know, question mark the next event, I guess, but like we don't know yeah. what it is and we don't know like how important it is. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like the seasonality. It gives of, more like, of a structure to the, to the events. Yeah, maybe you maybe you're not going to the U.S. or going to like your callings and wherever you're going to. Maybe like the big event for you is Nats. So the seasons that matter for you are like the PQ yeah. seasons and the road and road seasons, whatever meta that is. Exactly. You know, maybe you're practicing limited. Uh, maybe limited is your thing. Please, God, give us limited formats that we can play and get ELO and prizes for. Please, thank you. Um, <laughs> and so that's definitely what what is we've been seeing. What we've been what we've been seeing. Oh my God, what we've been mm -hmm. seeing and how I think it should be. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts you got? I mean, this is more than I expected from Fab 2.0. I think this is all really good stuff. I expected, I expected the <laughs> unlimited stuff going away, which I am very happy yeah. about. That was my biggest I think biggest everyone gripe. expected that. Uh, we are yeah. seeing the reprints of some good cards like CNC and you know all that stuff. Tunic again, it's fine. But anyway, another, I, I another, think <laughs> another I was tunic. Gonna, yeah, yeah, another tunic exactly. So I think this is all very good stuff. I have no complaints whatsoever about the plans. I think they look great. I'm looking forward to raking in some elo eventually um and i look forward to the next set of products i really want to get into that i really want to see those white borders in person i'm excited about them i'll, I'll, really I'll, I'll wanna... say that i'm cautiously optimistic because I, i'm not right. for magic i don't really know i've never seen white border cards actually to What's, be honest in person so would you say out of this article that's what you're looking forward to the most i think so i think that opening some of the new product once it's out, yep. will be my my biggest. Um, what I'm looking forward to the most, I would say. Yeah, probably. I think for me, it's the June 24th. It's the the release of the new, the new um, set, the new booster set. I just want to get. I'm just. I want a new limited format like Tails. <laughs> We've had. It's been a while since Tails yep. released, right? I want to get into like a new draftable a, set. A, a new a new draftable set. I'm like. I'm as I said. I've said this a bunch of times. I, I'm I'm more of a limited player than anything else. Mm -hmm. like, I really love limited. Um, yeah. And so I, I'd like to get more into that. And I think the second thing is I want I want that I want that flesh and blood uh, 
D and D. Like I'm, I'm oh, ready for that's I'm ready I for the flesh and blood. Of course, D- I'm ready would, for flesh and blood D and D. That'd be my bread and butter format. I think if I were if if it, once, once it comes out, I would I'm gonna play that all the time. I think <laughs> I'm very excited. Honestly, and yeah, I'll be able I'm, to bring I'm, my wife back into the game. I think she still likes it. Yeah. But now that I've been playing at more like local events, we don't play as much together. Yeah. I think the PVE slash D and D will be um, a way for us to play again. You know, together, which would be great. Oh, I'll be there, but we can also we can also get some content <laughs> out, which will be pretty fun. Oh my! Oh, that would that would be fun. I think Double I think people would, would see that. People would like to see that. It'll be on the Tinder uh, profiles. Do you play? <laughs> do you play Fab D and D? Oh my God! Plays like I'm like a level like I'm a level twenty warrior looking for my level fifteen <laughs> Reinar. A leveling Does that make system. Any sense? Make oh, it RPG man, be... style. Mm. Include okay. the Elo in there to make yourself like more powerful. We're getting <laughs> we're getting so ahead of ourselves, and we're gonna just disappoint ourselves. So let's stop there. I uh, appreciate everybody for watching. This will be on Spotify for everyone's listening enjoyment, as this is our one of our other kind of ad hoc discussion videos. If we left anything out, if you're excited for something we haven't talked about, if you have any kind of differing uh, co- uh, differing thoughts, <clears throat> you agree with us? Do you disagree? Uh, please let us know. And with that, appreciate everyone for watching. And with that, when uh, whenever you're watching this, wherever you're watching this in the world, mm-hmm. have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Bye for now.